Well, good morning. My name is Steve Murphy. I'm one of the ministers here at Discover, and uh, we just welcome everybody. If you are here for the first time, uh, we would love to just get, me, get to meet you after the worship service. Um, as you walk out these main doors to your right is a place called the Welcome Center, and there are people there who can give you more information about Discover, um, can answer any questions that you have, get to know you a little bit more, and they can give you a gift. Um, so again, please, we ask that you would take, oppor- take that opportunity um, this morning. Um, also, on February 5th, we're going to be having our next what we call Pizza with the Pastors. So that's an opportunity for you just to, to come. If you've never been to that, uh, we just talk a little bit more about Discover. Um, and we'd love for anybody who hasn't been to that to, to, uh, to come to that on February 5th after the worship services. Um, we really, really, really encourage everybody to bring their Bible with them. Um, not only here, but, you know, carry it with you wherever you happen to be. But some of you will, will do the printed version, and that's totally cool. And some of you will have the electronic version. That's also totally cool. It's the Word of God either way. Um, but I encourage you to bring it with you. And uh, this morning we're going to be in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, if you want to go ahead and look that up. While you're getting there, let me tell you a little bit. Um, when I was about 10 years old, um, it was coming up on the Jerry Lewis Labor Day MDA telethon. And in my neighborhood, a friend of mine and I, we said, you know what, let's, let's go out and raise some money for MDA. I mean, it just sounds like a good thing to do. And so we did. We bought a, uh, we took some of our own money, and we bought a brand new stuffed animal. And then we uh, made up these raffle tickets, and we went around and just knocked on doors all throughout our neighborhood, and we sold raffle tickets. And I don't remember, I don't remember if it was 50 cents each or a dollar, I don't know. But we were raffling off this, this little cute little puppy dog. And uh, we raised over $100. It was like $104.37 or something like that. I don't know where we got the change from. But anyway, somebody donated that. And, uh, and we decided, let's go to the local television station and give the money there. Like, to be part of that event would be really cool. So we did. So when we got there, the, uh, the local anchor person that was doing the local interviews when they cut away from the national broadcast said, we'd like to have you guys on television. Oh. That's what my friend was thinking. Oh. And I was thinking, oh. <laughs> Different kind of feeling. <clears throat> So uh, we stood there. I remember waiting in this line, and they were interviewing people as they went through. <clears throat> the closer we got, the more my heart was beating fast, and the more I began to sweat, and the more nervous I got. And uh, when we got there, <clears throat> she asked us, you know, all about the thing, and my friend answered all the questions. And then finally, since I had done nothing except this the entire time, she said, and what's your name? And I said, I'm with him. It's <laughs> so my television debut pretty impressive. So how's it possible that a person who was literally terrified to stand in front of what in actuality was like five people in a studio would be able to stand in front of hundreds of people almost every week and speak? How is that possible? Well, let me tell you. It's because of these YouTube videos. That's right. These videos about confidence. Three tips to boost your confidence. Boost your confidence, five simple secrets, self-confidence for success, and how not to get nervous. Yes, these are all very helpful. Actually, <clears throat> these may be very helpful. Uh, and if, you, if these are beneficial to you in your everyday life, you know, that's great. No problem with that. But I must say this is not what gave me confidence. What if there's something that you could depend on that would give you confidence not only 
about walking every day in this life, but we give you confidence forever. Anybody interested in that? You can raise your hand. It's all right. Yeah. The Bible, the Bible provides information that can benefit us every day and forever. For example, a man named Timothy got a letter from a man named Paul. And Paul told him, you know, Timothy, physical training has some value. It really does. But spiritual training has value not only for this life, but for the life to come. It's that same kind of theme that we're going to see today as the same man, Paul, is writing to the Philippian church, the people who follow Jesus in this town called Philippi. It's, it's hope not only for today, but tomorrow. It's confidence not only for today, but forever. And so we find it in Philippians chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 2. Watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort, though I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. Now, if you're on the golf course or you're working on a construction site or something like that and somebody says, watch out, what do you immediately do? You watch out, right? (laughs) You're like, what? So, Paul starts this section by saying, watch out. And then he says, this is what we have to watch out for. We have to watch out for anyone who says, you know, Jesus is pretty cool, but he's not enough. He's just not everything that you need. Anyone who adds to God's plan is doing something that's not good. But Paul goes a little bit further. He says, it's not only bad to add to the plan of God, he says it's actually what? Evil. It's evil to say that we need anything besides Jesus. What Jesus did, who Jesus is, that is everything that we need. We rely on Jesus. We don't put our confidence in humanity. Now, if you're like me, you go, yeah, I get that. My brain gets that. Intellectually, I'm right there with you. But sometimes my actions betray what I say, right? Or to take it to the point that Paul's really making here about salvation, we know our own hearts. We know the things that we've done. We know the things that we think. And we, we just say that there's no possible way that this is simply a gift that is given to me. I, I, I have to do something. I have to earn this in some way. And we try to put confidence in something that we can do. And Paul knows this struggle. He lived this struggle out in his life. And in fact, he gives us an example from his life. Before Paul met Jesus, his name was Saul, and he grew up uh, to to be a really strict follower of the, the law that God gave to Moses and the Israelites. And he was very strict in following that. And he was very strict about doing all the right things, at least externally. And look what he says as he writes, starting in verse 5. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees, 
who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church, and as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. I once thought these things were valuable. Paul had many reasons to believe that he was totally good with God. Totally good. For one thing, he was born with a lot of spiritual advantages, and he he lists them for us. He was circumcised on just the right day like he was supposed to be. He was born into a Jewish family. But not only was he born into a Jewish family, he could say, I am from the tribe of Benjamin. He also says, I am a, a Hebrew son of Hebrew parents. This guy had a lot of spiritual advantages. It's pretty impressive. See, God chose the people of Israel to reveal himself and to make covenants with. And so Paul was very blessed to be born into that group of people. But then Paul talks about what he did with that. He he didn't really choose all of that, but what he did choose was to follow the law. And he even became a Pharisee, a strict follower of the law, a strict teacher of the law, a strict judger of others who didn't follow the law. And he, he did everything that he was supposed to do, at least what he thought he was supposed to do, to the point that when the church began, he said, I don't think that this is right. And he said, I'm going to persecute it. I'm going to be one of the people who opposes this new movement. He had a flawless record of external spiritual actions. Legalistic righteousness. A lot of us still kind of lean on those two things. We rely on our spiritual heritage or on our spiritual actions. Maybe your grandparents or your parents were really strong in their faith in the Lord. Maybe they were spiritual leaders. They had a solid relationship with God. But your relationship with God has to be just that. Your relationship with God. No one else can live that relationship for you. Standing before God and saying, I know um, (laughs) our relationship isn't all that good, but um, you remember my parents, right? I mean, they were really close with you, you know? It's pretty cool how they lived. Yeah, got that right. That's a little bit like standing uh, in front of your math teacher after you failed the class and saying, yeah, I, I know I didn't do very well in this class, but you remember my older sister, and she got an A, right? That's, that's good, right? I mean, that helps me out, right? Maybe you've heard the saying, God doesn't have any grandchildren. That's true. The Bible only speaks about children of God, not grandchildren. <clears throat> our confidence must come from our relationship with Jesus. Or maybe you've done all the right things. <laughs> At least, you know, as far as people can see. You you strive really hard to keep all the rules. You know God's law and you not only judge your life against that law, you're really quick to judge everybody else against that law. But here's the problem. No one can keep every rule all the time. And the Bible says that if you break even one part of the law, you're guilty of breaking all of it. 
So we can't have our confidence in that either. Now, is spiritual heritage a bad thing? No, it's not. Is, is trying to live the right way a bad thing? No, it's not. Those things can have some value, but, but when it comes to our salvation, when it comes down to what's really important, really important, those things are simply worthless. Let's continue in chapter 3. Again, in verse 7, Paul starts by saying, I once thought all these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count my own righteousness, uh, I no, no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I became righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Faith. Faith means confidence, and our confidence is in Jesus. By comparison, nothing else matters. Now, I have to admit, there's a certain day of the week that I really enjoy. It's trash day. I know, it's kind of weird. But here's why I like it. It literally like kind of lifts my spirits. I know this is really strange, but someone is going to say, yeah, I feel that way too, but you're not going to admit it in public like I do. But here's why I like it. It's like we recycle like crazy. We're like super recycling family. But there's sometimes there's just stuff that you don't want anymore. You can't give to Goodwill. It's just junk. It's just trash. And the last thing you want is for it to be around. And you put it in that container and that one victorious day per week, they come and they take it away, and you don't have to deal with it anymore. You don't have to see it anymore. They take it away and they bury it. It's a great day. That's, that's why I like Trash Day. Okay, now maybe you're like me. You know, you're like, oh, I do like Trash Day. But anyway, the Greek word that Paul uses here in verse 9 is skubalon, which we translate as rubbish or garbage or worthless trash. But this word has an even, I don't know, maybe more negative, I'm not sure what word you would use there, but a more negative connotation because literally this word can, can be translated and is translated as dung or whatever word you might think of instead of that. Literally, that's the word that is used here. See, if you place your confidence in anything else but Jesus, it's trash. It's dung. Now, I don't say this for shock value. I say this because the Bible says it. It's 100% true. The Bible uses this kind of, it's not quite vulgar, but it's kind of a negative word. So we can see how important our relationship with Jesus really is compared to everything else. A spiritual heritage is a, heritage is a blessing, but only Jesus saves. A great education is a great thing, but only Jesus saves. 
a nice house and two cars and a good job. Those are all good things, but only Jesus saves. And all those things are nothing compared to knowing Jesus. Now, we acknowledge our spiritual heritage not to be saved, but because we are saved. And we try to live the right way, not to be saved, but because we are saved. And we study and memorize passages of the Bible, not because it's going to earn us anything towards salvation, but because we have already been saved. And we serve other people, and we love them. We, we go way out of our way to demonstrate who God is just by the way we live and the way that we share hope and truth. Not so that we can earn anything in terms of our salvation, but because we have already been saved. When it comes to confidence in this life and the life to come, here's the bottom line. We need to hold on to only one thing, Jesus. Consider everything else worthless compared to knowing him. I'm a visual aids kind of person. I remember things better. So for those of you that are in that boat with me, you're in happy trails time right now, all right? Some comparisons. What about my spiritual heritage? It's good. It's a good thing. Yeah, well, compared to Jesus, it's garbage. My education? Don't tell me that's garbage. I spent a lot of money on it. I'm going to be in debt until I'm 98. It has some value, but compared to Jesus, it's trash. My career? What about my religious living? You know, doing all the right things. Junk. Well, I like my stuff. You know? The stuff I go to work for, the stuff that I, I save my money for, the stuff that I spend all my time with. Yeah. What about my good works? You know, I, I try to do the right thing. I mean, that's valuable, right? Okay, I'm going to change just one letter then. How about my good words? Like, you know, the way to encourage people, stuff like that. That's, that's valuable, right? Man, you got to have money to live. I mean, seriously. What are you talking about? Isn't money worth something? Compared to Jesus, it's trash. All right. You cannot discount my mad skills. got some mad skills. I even give God credit for them. I know those are worth something before God. Yeah, or they're trash. Isn't there anything? Isn't there anything? Isn't there anything that's valuable? No, not compared to knowing Jesus. And so we hold on to Jesus.
In verse 8, Paul says, your relationship with Jesus is infinitely valuable. It's the only thing that's really worth anything. At the end of your life, as you enter eternity, it's not going to matter what church you went to, where you lived, who you voted for. It's not going to matter how much money you had. It's not going to matter what titles you earned. It's not going to matter what profession you have. It's not going to matter how many good things you did. It's going to come down to this. Are you holding on to Jesus or not? Do you have a relationship with Jesus or not? That's it. But the good news is, if you hold on to Jesus, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you don't have to do anything. You can't do anything. And maybe today you're somebody that says, I, I don't even know what that means really. I mean, I hear the words. I'm not sure if I've got a relationship with Jesus or not. It'll be a few more minutes, but we're going to sing a song after we take communion. And during that song, if you want to talk about what that means or pray about it, um, please feel free to come forward and, and I'll talk to you more about what that means. When your confidence rests in God, when you have a great relationship with Jesus, honestly, it's just so much easier to breathe. Full disclosure, I honestly need to hear that as much as every one of you does. The chaos of this world and the, the division and the conflict and all the stuff that's going on, sometimes even in my own house, sometimes even in my own heart, says, man, I just need to have confidence in Jesus. Confidence forever, but also confidence for everyday life. When Jesus is on the throne of our lives, then we can breathe more easily. And we can sleep better. And it really doesn't matter who's in the White House or who's serving in Congress. Because Jesus is on the throne of our lives. Our confidence is in God, and we discover new life through Jesus, through the Bible, through the Holy Spirit. Paul says, I've discarded everything else to make sure that that relationship is solid. And after communion, again, you know, as we sing, please come forward if you want to talk more about that. And the song that we're going to sing after we take communion is called Knowing You. And those words are powerful. But I'd like for you to listen to some similar lyrics from a song called Knowing You, or called Nothing Compares by Third Day. I've heard all the stories. I've seen all the signs. Witnessed all the glory. Tasted all that's fine. I see all the people wasting all their time. Building up their riches for a life that's fine. But nothing compares to the greatness of knowing you, Lord. Nothing compares to knowing you. Now again, I get that intellectually. <laughs> but I want that to really be how I live each day of my life. So I have to ask myself this question. 
what could I reduce or eliminate to allow me to focus more on this relationship with Jesus? What about you? This week, how will you commit more of your time and your energy and your resources to that relationship with Jesus? Even if it's only half an hour, pour into it. Connect with Jesus. And you're going to find that you're going to want more of that as you go forward. You'll gain confidence for this life and for the life to come. Nothing compares to knowing our Lord. On the first day of each week, we gather to focus on that relationship. We sing songs of praise and thanksgiving, and we hear from the Bible. We pray together. We encourage each other. And together we share in the Lord's Supper or communion. And each week, it's kind of like trash day. It really lifts my spirits, and I know it does for you as well. Because during this time of communion, we take our junk, stuff that we just can't get rid of, the trash, the garbage, the dung in our life, and we say, God, I confess this. I give it to you. I'm sorry for it. Would you please take this garbage and just get it away from me? And he does. God takes the sin and he buries it. There's a great illustration in Micah 7.19. It says, You will trample our sins under your feet and throw them into the depths of the ocean. Now, even today with all of our amazing technology, we still struggle to try to get people into the depths of the ocean. In fact, it's not yet possible. That's the illustration. That God takes our sin and puts it in a place we are not allowed to go. In fact, we shouldn't even try. Somebody said, God takes our sins and he throws them in the sea and then he posts a no fishing sign. On the cross, in a powerful act of love, Jesus took our sin on himself and he cast it into the depths and he said, just stay away from it. And we have life, we have hope, we have confidence because of our relationship with Jesus, with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. So today, as we receive the bread and the cup during communion, be confident of your relationship with Jesus. And remember to breathe and discover renewed life in God. Please join me as we pray together. God, we confess that sometimes um, we place our confidence in other things. Whatever those things are, uh, no matter how good they are, may we remember that nothing compares to our relationship with you. Thank you for creating us, for loving us, for forgiving us, and for giving us confidence for this life and for eternity. Especially thank you for taking away our sin through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. In his name we pray. Amen.